When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Just like that, the final hours here on this Thursday edition. Huddy Withrow with you. Hot Mike across the Outkick Network. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Eha Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Chat, fast-paced show yet again. Getting people home. Getting people through work and on their way home, hopefully. That's the goal, right? Three to six Eastern each day. We want to provide some joy. We want to, we um, want to make you think a little bit but ultimately provide some joy for you and for us. And if we can make two hours fly by, then the challenge is can we make the third hour Home fly by? Home stretch is easy. Come on. This can be a great third hour, including our buddy Ryan Albany's explaining yeah. his quest to be we, a part of Ocean Gate at one point. We know someone who uh, attempted to be a part of the Titan uh, exploration of Titanic through Ocean Gate, uh, Ryan Albany's, a part of the, uh, the OutKick crew. It does a great job, uh, entire crew here in Nashville. Is, is unbelievable on making things happen and doing things behind the scenes for all the shows. I was listening to Albany's a podcast recently. Uh, yeah. This is a separate thing, but the gate part of it makes me think about this. Is putting gate behind everything. Why is it gate? In regards to Watergate. Yeah, why is it gate? Well, it's the Watergate Hotel. It's no, no, just no, the name but, of the hotel. But, but Ocean Gate. Do you I, think I don't, everyone I don't, does it because of that? But no, because that, that that's, a, that's, a, uh, that's something that's bad. There's a bad connotation to it, so I don't. I don't so know. I, so from there, I wouldn't include. No, it on I, my... I, I'm with you. It's it's bad. Look, it's it's apparently worked, but it's bad marketing with the name of that company. But I think is Gate at the end of everything the most overblown thing in terms of something that maybe wasn't the biggest scandal ever? And if when people use Gate to describe everything, whether it be Spy Gate, Bounty Gate. All these other things. How many people under the age of forty even know what it references when they just put that at the end of something that's a scandal? Um, I'd say very few. Maybe 30, 40 percent know the, age the of reference. 40? That understand it's Watergate was I think the it's, original. I, I think it's more than that because you and I. Well, sorry, I'm over Chad, forty. I I feel like between the age of like thirty-two to forty right now. They would know. It, it anyone, is, anyone 30 or less. It is a question to ponder, though, that it's amazing that that hotel where that happened with the Nixon administration has spawned every scandal being the word followed well, the, by gate but, from here on out. That's right. So so deflate gate, Everything. bounty gate, but then Ocean Gate? Well, then Ocean Gate is the name of the company. You're right. It's, it's bad. It's bad marketing. Isn't it an American company, though? Is it American-owned? Maybe it's a company that you know doesn't get into American politics and the history of American politics, so they're not familiar with the reference. It's a great question. Um, I'm looking it up now. But it's, 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 I mean, something that is so infamous now based on the name of, a hotel, of an apartment building, not a hotel, an apartment and office building in Washington, D.C., 
where Richard Nixon's guys were up to some 2009, bad stuff. 2009, Stockton Rush named his exploration company. Is Stockton Ocean Rush Gate. an American? Would be my next question. Because it is bad. It's bad marketing. <laughs> it's just apparently it's not <laughs> based on based on the prices they're charging and what people are paying. <laughs> it's not bad marketing. It is now. Uh, Allie, I mean, it is now. Ali in the YouTube chat says, Chad, do you listen to Breaking Points? I do not. I can tell you I got that conversation from the It's Always Sunny podcast. It's in uh, it's, <laughs> The three guys on the show, the stars the of the show, is started discussing this. Everett, Washington is where they're located, but Stockton Rush. Stockton Rush sounds made up. That's got to be a stage name of some kind. Stock, uh, Richard Stockton Rush III is his full name. And he, of course, he, instead of going with Dick Rush... He went with Stockton Rush. Also a great name. I would do the same. Richard Stockton Rush III. I would go by Chadwick, too. Just saying, Chad. I did. It, it worked for about two years in seventh and eighth grade, and then it went away. People stopped believing me that my name is Chadwick. Riley Gaines is back on Capitol Hill, uh, most recently discussing Title IX, the changes that have been proposed to allow transgender athletes to compete against women. Women you and some that are short. that a biological male has a physical advantage in sports over a biological female? Not as a, a definitive statement. Give me an example. Well, no, I, I don't think. a real guy? How, how, how many female members of the NBA do you see? Well, I can say that, you know, there's been this news article about men that think that they could beat Serena Williams in tennis right? That they think that they could actually score a point on her. Um, and it's just not the case. She is stronger I mean, James, than that. What's your experience, Ben? Male, female? Both Serena and Venus lost to the 203rd ranked male tennis player, which they're phenoms for women. Um, my experience, my husband, he swam at University of Kentucky as well. In terms of accolades and in terms of national ranking, I was a much better swimmer than him. Um, he could kick my butt any day of the week without trying. Chad and I remain steadfast on this. The pinches remain the same. This is obvious common sense stuff. Riley Gaines is spitting facts right there. That's it. That's the end of the hearing. That's the, that's the end of whatever we're discussing right now as far as what needs to be changed. Elect someone that's not going to put forth any changes to the Title IX that will will allow transgender athletes to compete against biological women. Point blank. And just point to the science. I've said this in the past. I'll say it again. Please record this and use this on uh, a repeat because Riley's saying everything she said before. You're either going to listen to it or you're not. Yeah. People ignore it because they are voting by party and not by information. By the way, I looked this on up. On both sides. It was, uh, it was termed the battle of the sex of the time, but both Venus and Serena Williams lost to the 203rd ranked player in the world, Karsten Brosh, um, lost to both of them. And Serena Williams has even said this when people would claim that, you know, she's the, the greatest uh, tennis player regardless of sex of all time, and she's acknowledged that she could not beat men, you know, really the top pro men in the world or, or anyone else. I think it's another case of, by the way, 
the voice on that guy in that. I don't know what politician that is, but that was SNL level, oh, parody yeah. level hilarity. Yes. I, I, I thought that was a joke <laughs> when we started playing that, that clip. Is that a real <laughs> voice that we just heard? That was an amazing accent from that guy. Uh, I applaud his constituents for voting him in. That was incredible theater to watch. Uh, he's absolutely right, by the way, in his questioning of whoever the woman was that's and talking. And good for him for pointing out Riley this is, a, this is another issue with, though, false equivalency because what the woman is claiming is, you know, men are claiming they could beat uh, Serena Williams, and that's just not true because she's stronger than them. Yeah, I can't beat Serena Williams. I'm not a professional tennis player. So this is a false equivalency. She's taking that there are stupid men mm-hmm. who claim that any man can beat Serena Williams because, well, they're a man and she's a woman, that is not a legitimate claim. But to argue that professional men's tennis players aren't as good as Serena Williams or the top players aren't, that is a ridiculous and absurd statement that Serena Williams will point out and has pointed out before. So this is where we get in this layer of idiocracy, much like the Mike Judge movie, where people are just echoing things they've seen on the internet that aren't even true no, they're, they're or that one idiot has said. they to get more votes to get reelected. That's but all if, this is. if one idiot says something, it doesn't mean that everyone is saying it. No. That's where we fall in it. Well, everybody's saying that any man can beat Serena. No one's saying that. No one with a brain is saying that every man on earth could beat Serena Williams in tennis. <laughs> But to act like, well, Serena Williams is stronger than all men that play professional tennis is an idiot's take that we heard from that woman in that video. It's just, I mean, when does the stupidity stop? When people start listening to Riley. And us. And us. Start listening to us. And follow common sense and science. Whatever you want to point to. It just, it again, uh, play things on repeat. Riley, Riley could say something and we could we could play it could you tell me if she said it today or last year is this thing on i does anyone listen to us again we're gonna say the same thing over and over again because it's what's right because no one can point to anything different based on the facts that's that's the point you can change a headline to get clicks but that's about it i did like one thing i love one thing that riley said in that in in watching some of that footage from yesterday i love the fact that um uh, one of the Democratic politicians said something about, you know, what about children that are at risk, that are transsexual, that, you know, the suicide rate is higher, and, you know, we got to think about the kids and their feelings. And Riley's response was uh, Dick Durbin, I think, was the politician who said it. And Riley Gaines came back and said, well, what about the women? You know, we're, we're looking at a very small segment of this, of society in the country and worried about their feelings at all times. And at one point, not as anyone brought up the fact, what, what, how do we feel about being subjected to male genitalia in a locker room against our will? How do we feel about our records and our competition going down the drain because men are competing against us? What about our feelings and all this? I thought that was very well said. And Dick Durbin, you know what he was? Silent. He had no response. It's amazing when you make great points to people and the response is well, silent. Been silent for whether a long it, whether time it be on that. in a text exchange, no one has a great or whether it be to when it. you That's ask them point. a question, yeah. you get silence on the other end when you propose something that has no good response. And that's what Riley Gaines does time and time again. And that's why she's going to join us 
in studio on Monday. Yeah, she'll be in uh, with Chad and, and Charlie. Looking forward to that. Um, and, and that will be Monday. Uh, what? What time? Monday. Uh, uh, hour three. Time doesn't matter. Huh? Hour Ta- three. Time is a flat circle, as Matthew McConaughey told us in oh. True Detective. Doesn't even matter. It'll be it, Monday. Oh, time matters, Chad. It'll happen. It'll happen on Monday. Time matters. Uh, highest grossing media franchises will blow your mind here. Chad, you sent the list over. Uh, and we're talking Star Wars, uh, you know, Disney franchises, um, games, collectibles, Pokemon. When, I forgot what the, what the topic was. We didn't realize how much Pokemon was worth. Uh, and Davey corrected us. Oh, Davey got with very like sensitive about it. 120 billion. Is what they. Have I think Davey's heard. still very sensitive about it. We called him a nerd. Pokemon for being into Pokemon, and then he he is the flashed most these numbers well, around. I mean, I, media franchise at all, all this all this proves though, Davey is that there are a ton of nerds in the world. That the 119 billion dollars worth. I wouldn't they, they necessarily call me a nerd, even though it's. I'm I not gonna. Either. I'm not gonna fight that. I wouldn't call you a nerd. I wouldn't but call you a nerd either. The thing for me is I'm. Going you have back nerd to this, qualities, but just, you're not yeah, a nerd. yeah, that's fine. We all uh, do. I have nerd qualities. I mean, we're talking about this, and I even brought a story to you all the other day about how Hugh Hefner's son is joining OnlyFans so he can <laughs> buy a Pokemon card that's in the six figures. Sounds like a good excuse for his girlfriend who now, asked why he's on, on OnlyFans. Hold on. His wife is mad. Uh, you are Hugh Hefner's son. No, uh, Chad. Like you are Hugh I, Hefner's son, and Chad, you're going to join OnlyFans Chad. for Pokemon collectibles i have told that is pathetic i I agree it's pathetic i have thought about this that's his excuse because his girlfriend slash wife asked him why he's on OnlyFans. oh that's actually pretty good pretty good that's my theory honey it's for i want to buy this pokemon thing oh it's the only reason i'm on here oh of course yeah well the only fans as we all know the preeminent spot to buy pokemon I don't even know what they are. Collectibles? Items? Uh, apparitions? Everything on this list is collectibles. Hello Kitty, $89 billion. This is the one that really shocked me. Hello so, Kitty, $89 now first off, billion. More than Mickey Mouse. Thirty million, $83 billion. But let, let's put this into perspective. Okay. Pokemon is number one by $30 billion. Now let's put... Second place is Hello Kitty ahead, at $89 billion. Ahead of Star Wars. Ahead of the Marvel... Mickey Mouse cinematic universe uh, collected uh, the collective that they have with everything that goes behind the comics there. Mickey Mouse, Super Mario, Harry Potter. They don't come close to Pokemon or Hello Kitty. Not close. Now, do you think the box office uh, numbers from that Winnie the Pooh horror films calculated into that? Possibly. I, mean, I guarantee. Has actually, you know what? It is because they would have had to pay a franchise right hundred thousand dollars to, uh, to Winnie the Pooh. Wouldn't have been a lot. You it saw it, it goes you? into it. No. It's it's definitely put in there because they had to pay some sort of uh, the biggest surprise. Honey, biggest surprise is Star Wars is fifth and not much higher. Fifth the, sounds very the low. The biggest for Star surprise Wars, to me is Hello me. Kitty at eighty nine billion. Also, Winnie the Pooh top two are Japanese uh, produced. Winnie the Pooh is just behind Mickey Mouse. I don't think of Winnie I didn't know the Hello Pooh. Kitty was Japanese. Yep. Hmm. So very interesting to me though how they group certain things together and not others. Like Mickey Mouse is its lone standalone entity franchise, yet Disney princesses. You don't just go with Ariel or Jasmine. You put all of them together as their own franchise. Because you could combine a number of things and make, if you just had Disney, 
as an example, with Mickey yeah, it, Mouse, Disney princesses. Uh, but Disney now owns Star Wars. That would be number one. Yeah, you're right. If, if you, you combine everything Disney has and just said the Disney franchise, Pixar, it's number one. That's what they're by pushing a mile. by their upfront. But no doubt. But it's weird that Hello Kitty is one thing, and I believe one character. What's number eight, Davey? Number eight. I, I actually, that's a good question. I was just thinking that myself. And Pan Man. No idea. I, Let's I, Google it. I actually didn't even see it. Yeah, I'm gonna have go to, ahead and ridicule it since we ridiculed Pokemon. You should Google it. It's worth a Google. This is, uh, you know, we make fun of Pokemon fans like Davey. Davey's going to make fun of Apan Man fans. Uh, it's also Japanese. It's a children's superhero picture book series. All right. What a fetish. There you have it. Harry Potter 10th, Marvel Universe uh, 9th. Remember Beanie Babies? Of course you do. Yes. That fad. Oh, yeah, and they're still very expensive online. Even more expensive now. You guys have Tamaguchi pets. Hey, congrats to DC Comics for putting out another complete flop over the weekend with The Flash. That is a monumental bomb, that movie at the box office. The Flash? People hate comic book movies now and shows. I'm convinced. It's done. They've, they got, to completely, they've got to completely they reinvent the genre. Them. Tom Cruise gave it so much praise. People are so tired of, of multiverse where nothing matters. Someone in our studio applied to be a part of Ocean Gate and the exploration of the Titanic. They were not selected. They join us next. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Hot Mike with Hunt and Withrow rolls on. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us. Outkick Network includes YouTube. We hope you'll subscribe to the YouTube channel. Just search out Outkick if you haven't already. Hit the subscribe button, thumbs up, like if you like the show, and then join Chad in the chat. Live each day, 3 o'clock Eastern. Chad has been active and you can today. check all of the shows out there on demand anytime or live. Just <clears throat> ring the bell if you want the alert when we go live each day. We got someone uh, arguing that The Flash was actually very good. Over the weekend. I'm just telling you That's what the they numbers films, at the box office says, and that is that uh, people did not like it to the level that they were hoping. So uh, maybe our next guest will eventually do a YouTube video on his channel about the set for The Flash. 
you know, he travels around and shows. I recently saw our next guest go to the set, uh, one of the spots where Remember the Titans oh, was filmed. And that is probably my low-key favorite sports movie of all time. It's right there for me. It is excellent. Hoosiers is right there too, though. Start to finish. Hoosier, Hoosiers, I would argue Major League, even as a comedy, okay. is my favorite sports movie, sports comedy of all time. Ryan Albanese, uh, a, a field tech here at Outkick, editor, uh, producer extraordinaire. He's known us for a decade at least. Uh, great guy and, and goes around as uh, a All hobby. All around good dude. Hobby slash he's going to make a ton of money doing this eventually. Um Going to sets of movies and then comparing it now or whatever it actually looks like compared to where uh, a film was shot. He joined us the last time, I believe, for Home Alone, where he went to the the uh, neighborhood there uh, in Chicago. Ryan, good to see you. Um, noticed that you posted the email exchange. Ryan Albanese applied or had interest in applying for the Ocean Gate excursion to view the Titanic. And he posted the screenshot of the email that he sent to OceanGate. We'll, we'll find out in a moment if he had a reply. But then he, he has recently told them to remove his name from the list uh, based on uh, the, the, the tragic events that took place where, where five are presumed dead now based on press releases from the Coast Guard and others. Ryan, uh, good to see you. And uh, tell us the backstory here of why you how you found out about this and why you applied when you did. Uh, yeah. So at the, uh, the radio station that we all worked at, I did a lot of nights and weekends, which means I was babysitting a lot of automated shows. So I'll just go down rabbit holes a lot, just whatever was interesting to me at the time. And give some examples. Uh, well, the Titanic is a big one. Yeah. I, I wanted to start a podcast. I had all this free time. I was like, I should start a podcast. So I'll just deep dive into, um, a lot of Titanic stuff because it's just something that interests me from time to time. I would have listened to I, that podcast. I by agree the way. with if you. If Ryan Albany's hosted a Titanic podcast, I would absolutely <laughs> subscribe. I watch a lot of these documentaries on the exploration of the ship for whatever reason. I'm just I'm fascinated by the the whole thing and the concepts and the theories as to why it went down. But I, I'm with you on that. Yeah, and I I saw the uh, James Cameron documentary that came out after yeah. sometime after the movie Titanic that he made because I some people said that he's made the movie just so he could have an excuse to get down there in a submersible. And I thought, you know, maybe at this point they've got tours or something. So I searched it up and I found ocean gate and I guess I, I don't remember a whole lot about it, but I just applied uh, with their application. And I knew it was like thousands and thousands of dollars working in a radio station is not going to get you on one of those things. But I thought maybe I could, uh, yeah. you know, I, I, I've been able to get into things for free by saying I work in media, like, I'll get like a news pass, even though I used to work at a rock station. So right. I'd get a news pass you knew Chad to like a sporting event you, or something. You know Chad Withrow. Yeah. You thought it could happen. Get yeah. you in anywhere or out of anywhere also. So it doesn't hurt to, doesn't hurt to ask. Do they have a, did they have a scholarship type program where they could allow one no. person on for like, you know, you give your reason as to why you should be on and they do it? No? No, they were just like, you know, you got to pay this much money. For some reason, I remember it being like twenty five thousand, and I think this particular trip it was actually like one hundred and ten thousand. But I thought, because they tell you you had to be part of the crew, you're not just a passenger. And I was like, well, you know, if I'm putting in some work, then maybe they'll just let me go for free. But you know, it's like five people, and they all you were going to serve in the cafeteria <laughs> on this to yeah. get your way through. Yeah. Uh, so, did you get the did the email come? What's the guy's name? Stockton Rush. Yes, Is that his name. 
Did you get an email directly from Stockton Rush? Or did you feel like it was an automated response, or did someone actually take the time no, it was, to email it you? It was back? a real guy. I mean, at least it seemed to me. I mean, this was well before the AI and, and all that. So this was in 2019. I sent the email, and it was about their first trip, which happened in 2021. And it was from some mission specialist guy. I don't know. I looked him up. His LinkedIn says he still works there, so I'm sure he's scrambling right now. And you replied with what? Whenever you you saw the search for the the missing. Uh, submerged. I think he told him to go to hell. Was his response right? <laughs> no, I didn't want to rub too much salt in. I just, I just told him I'm not interested. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm out now. They, you know, when he initially replied, I was kind of like, oh god, am I? Do I got to pay like two hundred yeah, grand, one hundred grand? And like, you're getting I'm a like, loan. Kind of scared. I was like, okay, this is Did, real. Let me just, let me just ghost him. Do you consider the uh, the danger in anything that you tell me? What else have you applied for? Just so we know, the next time <laughs> there's something that that pops up here. I mean, not a lot of stuff like that. I would you go to space if you were given a free ride on a trip to space? Have you have you applied you for SpaceX? Yes. No. See, I would. It would need to be an established thing that's been going on for like twenty years, and then when I'm comfortable NASA. that if NASA yeah. said you can go on their next mission, would you do it? No, no, I don't think. Well, if it's NASA, yeah, I guess so. I. I would. I'd like to go to space. I heard Tom Cruise is shooting a movie where he actually is going to go into space. Yes. So um, what? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Tom Cruise is partnering, I believe, with Elon Musk and SpaceX, and they are doing a project, a SpaceX Tom Cruise joint collaboration, where the movie will be shot in space. See, now, first of its kind. Yeah. Ryan, chime in on this if you want. Like, I, I think David Blaine wants to die doing something. That's very dangerous. Uh, Tom Cruise may be the same. I think Tom Cruise is is there now yeah. for me doing this. Like he's he's uh, already doing it based on Top Gun Maverick. Um, and yeah, anyone, I worry about anyone, Tom Cruise a lot. Anyone that was a part of the film had to go through this training so they could also join him on these fighter jets. I'm, yeah, I'm. There are just certain people that I feel like have a, a thrill for danger. I don't I don't get the vibe that you're one of them, but you're still applying for it. Yeah, I think I just kind of wanted to see what would happen. I didn't think I was really going to end up on the submarine unless it became a, like, you know, if they made a yeah, bus version with like 100 passengers. But yeah, I didn't have a lot to do at that time. But um, yeah, I mean, I've always heard the phrase, do what you love until it kills you. Uh, I don't know if I believe that anymore because I got a kid on the way. But, um, you know, I used to be a little bit more risky. You've seen some of the adventurous movie locations I've been to. I'll, I'll go past certain barriers to get to the top of a waterfall or, you know, those kinds of things. So Tom Cruise, I'm glad you brought this up, Albanese. He is expected to, at first, the whole film was going to be shot in space. They've come down from that. Doug, Doug Lyman. <laughs> Unbelievable. Doug Lyman, who directed the Bourne <laughs> movies, is directing it. It's in conjunction with SpaceX. There will be a scene where Tom Cruise is expected, get this, to do a spacewalk on the International Space Station. And NASA is going to help with this part of it. Most of the film will be shot on Earth, but there will be portions of the I mean, film so. that are happening in space. And this is not how many CGI. Space? This is not some huge studio space with a black wall. This is Tom Cruise in space in an upcoming movie. What was the Matt Damon movie in space? Mars well, or whatever? The Martian. That was The Martian. There was uh, Gravity, yeah. which was all in space with George Clooney and Sandra Bullock. But how, I'm saying, Sandy, like, how many Sandy films have I we seen it. where it, it looks very believable, but they, you know, they're not going to this level? 
All yeah, I think there's a, there's I mean, a fine line between... Uh, <laughs> Tom Cruise gaming. right now could take footage from the International Space Station on a spacewalk, which you can watch live on YouTube, and they could cut yeah. that and say it's Tom Cruise. I also love That's that, why like, I think studios. he's on the David Blaine plane. Think here. of the money at studios. It's always like trying to cut budgets on things. In a meeting with Tom Cruise, like, Tom, do we have to go all the way to space for this? Can we, <laughs> we've got a great spot here in Burbank where we can do all the space scenes. Do, you really, do we need to spend the money to go to space for this? And Tom Cruise standing on the table saying, yes, we must go to space. Yeah, I feel like space is one of the easiest things to CGI and he's make gonna, look real. He's going to find his thetans there from Scientology yes. in space with all the aliens. <laughs> Ryan Albany's with us, producer extraordinaire, does everything uh, behind the scenes uh, here at OutKick. Uh, so what's next on the YouTube page? We'll always promote this. And uh, Love the Remember the Titan shoot, by yeah, the way. I, I, know, I know Killers of the Flower Moon, you went there to Oklahoma. Uh, to Pahusky to uh, to check out the, the the sites there. What what else is on the page currently? Most recent. My most recent videos is Home Alone. Still, I haven't had a, okay. I haven't had a lot of time to edit videos. But um, well, I just posted on Instagram, Lords of Dogtown. That's kind of like a cult movie, I guess, for people that like skateboarding and some of those old Dogtown skateboarders from the seventies. Um, hit a lot of those spots on my trip a couple weeks ago to Los Angeles. I did American Pie, uh, Blade Runner, which was interesting. I did all this at night and then um what else did i do a couple other things but they're all going to end up as youtube videos so i really like channel. i really like the whole concept oh, I i'm too. fascinated do, by it are you legitimately a skateboarder albany's i can't tell with you and dylan if you're joking about it or you're really into that life uh i don't know it depends on what you can consider legitimate like i, I ride on a skateboard and like at least once every two days and i can do a few tricks so I guess. Do you want to be better? Yes. Is are you content with where you are in your skateboarding skills, or is this something you want to explore? No, I don't. I don't think it's possible to be content. You know, you always want to push the boundaries. Strive for more. Yeah. You're like the Tom Cruise of skateboarding. Why? Why do a well, film on Earth when you can go to space? Yeah, I I think there are more daredevil types of skateboarders like uh, Danny Way and Bob Bernquist. I, I'm not to that level yet, where I'm jumping mega ramps and over the Great Wall of China or anything. But yeah, maybe we'll get there. It's baby steps. Ryan Albany's uh, has been with us. Thank you for joining us, giving the insight, the, the backstory here. Uh, Ryan applied for Ocean Gate exploration to the Titanic back in 2019. Uh, he never was selected, and if he was, he couldn't afford it. He's admitted that to us uh, here. I uh, was so bored Thank producing God. one of Chad's shows on Friday night that he applied uh, in studio. Uh, and for that, I applaud you. I will uh, say, when he was, when he I, was producing my high school football show, yeah. he didn't have time to do a deep dive on Titanic. Because he was answering yeah, phones was about the final score at Loretto the entire time. That was that was what he was doing. Chad and I are, are, are fascinated by the mindset of thrill seekers. Uh, this is certainly one, and there's a fascination of a, a hobby paired with the thrill that goes into it. Heed the warning based on uh, what has happened here in the tragedy where, where five lives are lost. But... I mean, keep up the work. I'm, I'm glad it's you and not me that wants to go to space and, and do all this stuff. I'll watch the content. And good luck with all the skateboarding. Thanks. Appreciate it, guys. Yeah. There keep it up. Keep uh, building that skill. Also, up. Ryan is very good flying drones. Like that, I, but he should be the drone uh, engineer. Like that should be the start of the bio for him. Ryan's one of those guys that. For camera if work. If you can think about something that you don't know anyone that does that thing. Right, he's the he's or he's good at it. You could like go down the list of people you know and be like, you know what? I bet Ryan Albanese could do it. I bet he's got some experience with that. Chad Deion Sanders has updated his his health situation. 
uh, apparently has blood clots in his legs, in his groin. And he says he has two blood clots in his legs, one in his left leg, the other in his right leg. And he's now not receiving enough blood flow on either leg. It's already presumed, and he's talked about this, that he's going to have his foot amputated. It's the same foot where he's already had two toes removed. Uh, and he just calmly goes through the details of this as if it's just another day where he's getting an update on a recruit or an update on the fact that you know he did a, a routine physical. I don't know how he keeps the mindset so straight and narrow with this. I would be terrified. Yeah. Especially for one of the best athletes on the planet. Two sport could have played three and uh, potentially his, his entire heel, not the ball of his foot, but his heel would have to be removed. But before that, they have to go in for emergency surgery on the blood clots. Here's hoping the best for him. Yeah, wishing him the best. Crazy situation about what could happen um, with Deion Sanders. He's making all these headlines. He's saying all these things. He's garnering a lot of attention. And, and in doing so, he's also battling this issue. What was uh, the psychedelic that Aaron Rodgers is all about? Ayahuasca? Ayahuasca. I don't know. I think he's all about anything well, that could expand his mind. Not just one. Ayahuasca. He's not picky. He, he has recently commented on this, saying that and he, he's, he has described this to teammates. Teammates are telling media members and fans this when they're asked with the Jets. He has described ayahuasca as, quote, radically life-changing for him. And I guess There's, that led him to the, the darkness retreat and where he saw green miraculously. He saw that there's he was going to be a jet. Of, there's a lot out. of artistic people. The one team he ended up with. That, um, that just listening to different the artistic people, creators, that they don't personally talk about a lot, but they all talk about friends of theirs that claim to have had some sort of vision or clarity after taking a psychedelic, whether it be ayahuasca, mushrooms, something to where they became better at whatever they were doing, their jobs because of it. A lot of the, the world-famous, renowned writers, poets, were on absinthe. Yeah. You know? Openly. Yeah. That's what they did to get whatever it takes. into the mindset. I, I don't understand it. But, I mean, it led him to gain green. And it didn't lead him to Foxborough. Coming up, Gronk's legendary partying described next. Wrapping up another fast-paced show. Hope it feels that way for all our listeners and viewers across the Outkick Network. Hot Mike with Hunt and Withrow rolls on. Chad, I know you're not big into video games. I don't know how much you played NCAA football. Oh, I did. I love that 2000 game. 2000 whatever. Did love that game. I loved it. We haven't seen it since 2014. I don't remember buying it since like 2010 probably. Um, I want it to come back. It's not going to come back anytime soon. It's scheduled to come and return through EA Sports next year for the next college football season. But based on lawsuits and injunctions and, and the legalities of this, the reports were that every player in college football in this game would receive $500, right? My guess is the cover athlete and probably the rights to 
I'm just throwing names out. Arch Manning. Those guys are going to get more, right? But I'm thinking to myself, imagine being like the backup kicker, the walk-on kicker at Western Kentucky. And you're thinking, man, a free 500 bucks. I'll, I would love that. But you're not going to get it. And you're not going to be in the video game now, which is not going to return. At least that's my assumption now based on everything going through the courts. I hate this. I wish those at the very top that are going to make a boatload of money off this game, and they deserve it because they're the brands, the name, image, likeness that, that we're talking about. I'm thinking about the, the punter that was in the frat house that Lane Kiffin had to go find in Knoxville to punt one game just to get through yeah. the special teams here. At, he could say he's in a video game. I mean, that look, is awesome. I, I I love the game. You see where I'm coming from? This, on this? is this is one. This is maybe the only game um, of that era that I have an emotional attachment to, having played it a lot. That in early Madden, and I loved it. Yeah, but I don't see any way you make the business side of this work. I know it's in, in an NIL era. It is far too complicated to think about paying every college football player. That's a part of a program now, that's featured in this game, and especially when you get into different payments for star players. I just don't so see any way that EA decides it's worth it, that I, there's going to be a profit involved in this. I just want to say that EA Sports is, is under lawsuit here. Um, it, is, it is the opinion that it's not going to slow down their release. Okay, It's still scheduled to release in 2024. I'm just saying... I, the pace of the court system alone tells me it will not be. There will be a pause on this. Just like there have been a pause on any regulation for NIL, period, from the NCAA. If, you're, if I'm EA Sports, I'm not moving forward with this unless I know I'm going to win this lawsuit. And they don't know that. There's no way. If they knew that, we'd have this game prior to this year. Yeah, I mean, maybe they move forward with it if the lawsuit you know, goes in their favor, but I just don't see any way. I do not see any way that they decide this is going to be a profitable endeavor for us after all the payments we have to make yeah. and all the legal complications of getting bigger payments to star players versus paying the fourth-string linebacker on all these programs. I don't see any way they can make it work. I just I don't. Chad, uh, uh, speaking of finances, I think this is the root of the, the next story where the NCAA is uh, no longer, uh, potentially no longer going to test or marijuana. Uh, just follow the NFL protocol here. Uh, players that come into the league, even when it was, uh, they're testing for it, but you're not penalized for it right now in the league. It's a weird deal. The NCAA is spending a ton of money on these drug tests, and they're considering just testing for PEDs. That needs to be it. Why I don't know why with certain states legalizing marijuana and, and others medicinal marijuana, whatever, um, unless it's a performing performance-enhancing drug that's in the system, deemed whatever level that they choose, why test for it at this point? And I say that just looking through the lens of what I believe, which is they just don't want to pay for the testing anymore. They're going to say that it's because, oh, we're going to, we're, we're going to just do away with this so that we just focus on one area. Like, it's a money saver. And it's a, it's a no-brainer at this point, considering that the NFL, it's more of a stupidity test 
than it is a test for pot. Look, where so, you, you know you're getting tested right before the combine, and you know you're getting tested right before you report for training camp or during training camp. The guys know it. And after that, even when it was against the policy to pop for marijuana in the NFL, if you were clean then, you were not in the system and you were not going to be tested on a routine basis throughout the season. And the guys knew it. They can still test you for PEDs, but they don't test you for marijuana. And, and in the NFL now, it's a part of the test. But if you pop for it, it's not held against you like it would have been a couple of years ago. That's what the NCAA should do. And, and, and honestly, they should just not even test for it like they're considering and just admit what it's for. They don't want to pay for the test if nothing's going to come of this. Well, there are times where if the, if the result is right, I don't care about the motivation. So I think you're right. This is a cost-saving measure and not them saying, this is what's right for the future of the sport. Right. But if they get to the right conclusion, I don't really care because this cost-saver is what they should be doing. The NCAA rulebook has long been needed to be trimmed in a big-time way. Do not add rules to the, the thick rulebook of the NCAA and get into the minutia of what they're trying to regulate. Shrink it. Make it small. Go after hardcore offenders when you're talking about the rules of the NCAA. One thing to eliminate is testing for marijuana. I don't care if it's not a performance-enhancing drug. I, I really don't. If you were gaining an advantage in some way because you were on steroids or whatever while playing a sport, then that needs to be tested because you're trying to make it as fair as possible across the board. Right result, they're going to claim it's a different motivation, but Hutton's right. It's really about saving costs and about money. But in this instance, I don't care because it led them to the right result. Yeah, that's fair. So I don't need to know about the motivation as long as I get the right result out of it. All, all fair on that. Um, Amazing story. Jake Beckett, who ran for political office, I believe lost uh, in a political race, maybe Arkansas, a former tight end, played with uh, Gronkowski and uh, gave up a, a great story about Gronk. I don't know if it's the most Gronk story ever uh, because I don't, I mean, you hear things behind the scenes about I'm this sure guy. there are things that have not been told. Uh, this reminds it. me of the 90s NFL, this story. So the way he tells it is Gronk would go out. This is the offseason, but during like mini camps, OTAs, probably training camp, would go hard. I don't think that's any revelation. Stay out until 3 or 4 in the morning with his boys. Has to be at the Patri Patriots facility the next day. Again, the, the way he clarifies it, it's the kind of the offseason here in Foxborough. So his his crew would just drop him off at the facility at like four or five in the morning and the training staff would come in and he would be sleeping on the training table, right? Where you either get the massage, the stretch, the IVs, whatever, medical treatment, ice packs, everything. And the trainers would come in and he's just laid out, passed out, and they would just go ahead and just put the IV in uh, for hydration. And two hours later, he is out there dominating for the morning session at 8.30, 9 o'clock. That is epic. And that reminds uh, Steve McNair would drink a beer before, uh, before a game. He needed a nap. They, uh, even on the road, needed a nap because he was known for pounding some wine the night prior to a game. And he needed a beer. And Jeff Fisher made sure he had both. 
a room for a nap at, uh, at a stadium next to the locker room and a cold beer uh, ready for him. And he would go out with Joey Barranco, go through the warm-ups, barely, grab his nap, have a cold one, and go out there and be Aaron McNair. This reminds me of that era. And there are not many stories having traveled with the team recently. Not many stories like this anymore across the NFL. Gronk is an old-school throwback when it comes to the party. And uh, there's no telling what he's doing now in retirement. So there's a book called Cheating is Encouraged about the 1970s Oakland Raiders. Yeah. That when you read the – and this is, sounds like a story from that, that book. Yeah. But NFL has lost the personality it had in the 70s and 80s with some of these guys. Social has something ba- to do with I think. Absolutely. And also back in an area – and sponsorship. No you know, doubt. Corporate That's money one coming in. Guys want to protect their income so they don't do – they're not as crazy publicly. And certainly cell phone cameras, social media plays a part in it also. But, I mean, if you read this book, and I, I have, it is hilarious – but also of an era where guys did not stay in shape. They got in shape at training camp. But even at training camp, that was the first time around your guys in a long time. And the amount of partying that would take place, I don't know that they had the ability to have IVs, you know, in the morning after a big night out then. But hearing this story, I'm thinking that would have been very helpful to Kenny the Snake Stabler and some of these guys that went hard back in that era for the Raiders to just show up at 4 a.m., get dropped off, sleep in a locker room, and have someone come in and put an IV in their arm. Guys are smoking on the sideline in that era. Absolutely. And have them fresh as a daisy two hours later. I mean, think about that. They're ready to go for practice right after that. They Rejuvenated. Those 70s and Raiders do it again. could have used that. And then do it again. The flights home are not even that crazy. I, I can't. I mean, reading some of these stories, I'm thinking, how could you subject yourself? And it was almost part of their process. They would just get wasted. Well, I think part of it is the night before the pain two and a practices. Yeah, that yes. They would numb it, but then they'd be then they would just spend the whole day. It was like part of their it's deal just, was to puke things up and then regain it's, themselves. It's, as they it's also very it, it, it's fascinating. Brady and the TB12 methods, right? The dude's never had a sip of coffee, which I don't believe. He claims he's never had coffee, uh, among other things. I don't know how you go through life and you don't try coffee, especially in the U.S. And then he's a teammate with Gronk, who is one of the best tight ends in the history of the league, who's out doing this. And you have Brady, who has to be asleep by 9.30, and he's pissed off because of all the Monday night football games he has, especially the road games where he's not going to be asleep by the time you know, his body clock and you know, his sensei is going to tell him he needs to be asleep by. And they, they got along Mr. fine. Miyagi. So much so that they wanted to play in Vegas together. Can you imagine Gronk as a member of the Las Vegas Raiders with Brady as the quarterback and Gruden as the head coach? It's also hilarious because Brady early in his career was not that guy. Like, he was not a health fanatic. You know, he was uh, a, a bigger drinker. He's talked about it. Yeah. His face looked a lot fuller when he was but he's you know, younger he's guy. But he never had coffee even then. Yeah, I do know people that's, that just find coffee disgusting. And but they know it's it. disgusting, though. Yeah. No, that's... that's it's, it's bizarre to me. That's weird to me also. But that's discipline. And then he did all that, went all in, lives by it. And then you have the opposite with, with Gronk. And then, you know, I, I think that's just... Uh, opposites attract in many ways. And they made each other great. Legendary. 
I just don't know. Like, who's the guy right now in the league, the star, that goes like that? It's tough to just pop someone off the top of your uh, uh, top of mind now because everyone is so bet, specialized and they're afraid to say it or show it. I'm willing to bet Josh Allen goes pretty hard. You think so? Yeah. All right. I could see him pounding some natty lights. And I'm not saying that guys don't. I'm saying like the, the known names, you know, the common yeah. fantasy football names. But it does first not through, it also doesn't surprise me that Brady is drawn to guys like Gronk. Because his lifestyle is so different, I think that he's naturally but he loves guys like that. But because he showed up and, and performed, even when he arrived at the facility and slept on the training table, yeah, he was still going. If to he the wasn't voluntary a great player, workout. he wouldn't love it as much. Yeah, because that would be seen as a reason why. And Belichick, you know, the Patriot way is known for not being fun. I mean, they'll put up with it if you're go out and ball. It comes down to that. Do your job. As Number long one, as you do your job, you're yeah. fun. Yeah, how tall are you? Uh, what do you weigh? What school did you play for? Who coached you? My number one that no one said or asked, can you ball? Do you play well? Are you the best at what you do in this draft class? That's my priority. It's what I ask Cut every day. Can you ball? Yeah. Are you going to ball I would today? treat it like any job you interview I've ever had. Not? No one asked to see my diploma. They asked to watch or listen. That's it. Drunk can and you ball. ball? He could also drink. Back at it tomorrow, 3 o'clock so Eastern. So could Kenny Snake Stabler. Hot Mike with Huddy Withrow across the Outkick Network. <laughs>